You're listening to Yap, Young and Profiting Podcast, a place where you can listen, learn, and profit. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Hala Taha, and on Young and Profiting Podcast, we investigate a new topic each week and interview some of the brightest minds in the world. My goal is to turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your everyday life, no matter your age, profession, or industry. There's no fluff on this podcast, and that's on purpose. I'm here to uncover value from my guests by doing the proper research and asking the right questions. If you're new to the show, we've chatted with the likes of ex-FBI agents, real estate moguls, self-made billionaires, CEOs, and best-selling authors. Our subject matter ranges from enhancing productivity, how to gain influence, the art of entrepreneurship, and more. If you're smart and like to continually improve yourself, hit the subscribe button because you'll love it here at Young and Profiting Podcast. This week on Yap, we're chatting with Terry Ijoma. Terry is a professional day trader, entrepreneur, and founder of her own business trading course, Trade and Travel. With more than 10 years in trading education courses and workshops, she's developed expert strategies that fast tracks the learning journey and earning performance of investing. In 2018, Terry was named Entrepreneur of the Year by the National Black MBA Association, and she currently has the number one course on Teachable. In today's episode, we discuss Terry's career journey and how she went from being an assistant principal to earning multiple seven figures as a self-employed entrepreneur. We'll also get a crash course on how to begin trading in the stock market and get her one-on-one investing tips. We closed our conversation by talking about the personal and emotional side of investing and the importance of investing in ourselves. If you've been wanting to learn about the stock market and trading, this episode is a great place to to start. Hi, Terry. Welcome to Young and Profiting Podcast. Hey, hello. How are you? Thanks for having me. Of course. I'm super hyped to talk to you today. And you are the number one teacher on Teachable, which is amazing. You are a seven-figure trader, which is a very huge accomplishment. And I can't wait to get into all your stock tips and everything like that. But first, I want to talk about your journey because I find your journey super interesting. We always talk about something called skill stacking on the podcast. And I feel like your story is a perfect example of this because you were in education and then you leveraged those skills once you started to learn how to invest. And then you started your course that kind of merged everything. So walk us through your career path. How did you gain all these experiences? experiences and skills to then finally come out with this course that was a huge success. Ooh, I like this topic of skill stacking. I have so many cool skills. Okay. So I actually first learned about investing in high school. Many people don't know that, but I went to this program in Chicago called LEAD and they introduced us to the Chicago Stock Exchange. So I remember in high school, Google, my senior year, Google IPO'd or had their initial public offering and it was $83 a share. And I remember going to my grandmother like, Granny, we got to buy this stock. And she's like, what are you talking about, baby? We didn't have any money. We didn't know what to do. So we missed out on this great opportunity to get in to Google at $83. Now it's over $2,000. But ended up going to college because I was still like, you know what, I'm going to figure this thing out. So went to MIT and interned on Wall Street and said, "Okay, now I'm going to get it. I'm finally going to learn. Girl, you know, they don't teach you nothing in your internship. We were uh, (laughs) we were looking at spreadsheets and all this stuff. And I still didn't know how to actually invest. And even after college. But went on this whole different trajectory. I went into management consulting, in consulting, we, um, I say we, but it's really just me. In consulting, one of our clients was Teach for America. And that's when I got into education, went on a completely different path. So for a little while, I was like, okay, that finance stuff, it's cool over there. But I'm all about, you know, education equality. And I want to have all the kids have equal opportunities. So went down this whole path, which led me to be an assistant principal of an elementary school. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to be in this school forever. Girl, then I ran into the boss from hell and was like, oh, no, 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 I cannot do this. (laughs) And I don't. and, And honestly, like, 
working in schools is hard. And so I, I'm not going to say like anything bad about her, but I do think that she just was like the most nitpicky boss ever. I would cry every day in the bathroom. I would cry on the way to work. And it wasn't just me. Like the other assistant principal too would be in the bathroom crying. We'd be like taking turns. And then at the end of the day, like have to go over our misery stories. What happened to you today, girl? Oh, did that happen? Girl, you know, this happened to me today. <laughs> So it was just a really toxic work environment. And I ended up deciding, you know what? I need to leave. I got to quit this because I can't die here. I can't be this unhappy. And I was I was gaining weight. I was just, I was stressed out to the max. And that's when the investing came back around. I had been doing it. I, I didn't tell you this, but like around 2010, when the stock market fell, I had started trading as a side hustle. And so like while I was in education, it's still been like a hobby, so when I decided to leave the school, it came up as like, well, let me just see if I could use that to be my main thing. All I need is $300 to replace my income. Let me just see if I could $300 a day. Yes, ma'am. $300 a day. All I needed was that to replace my income. So started trading. I'm still at the school, still hating it, but I'm trading on the side. Like, I'm going to be out of here one day. Y'all y'all playing with me. Don't, <laughs> don't ask me no questions. <laughs> And I started actually getting to my goal. I started hitting $200 a day. Then it was $300 a day. Finally got to a place where I felt comfortable quitting my job as assistant principal. And I just started traveling all over the world and trading stocks. And that's literally how I got into trade and travel. It's so cool that it was so organic. And you just leveraged everything that you knew the fact that you were trading and traveling, that you were in education and you knew how to teach students and you had experience there and you knew all this investing information and you put it all together and you put out a course and it's a massive hit. I always talk to people that like, there's no such thing as an overnight success. This reminds me so much of, our stories are totally different, but they're so similar in the same way because it's like, I picked up pieces and then came out with a marketing and podcast agency and it blew up because when you have all the right skills and you've done it before, yourself, it's just so much easier to start a business. So kudos to you. That's awesome. Okay. So let's just give people some foundation in terms of like how much money we're talking about when it comes to the type of money that you're making from trading. So what was your best day ever? Ooh, I actually had my best day ever recently, like a few weeks ago. And this is actually like the beginning of when I was about to premiere the docuseries. I have a docuseries that you're actually coming to speak at, part of the panel. But I made a million, a million dollars, 83,000. It's a million, 83,000 dollars in one day trading stocks. Wow. Yes, I made it on Amazon. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> crazy. That's amazing using Amazon stocks. So guys, she's not playing. Like she knows what she's doing. We're going to pick her brain. Okay, so one more like intro question. I heard that you spent $30,000 on a course and you paid it on your credit card when you were in this job that you hated because you wanted to educate yourself enough to be able to do this for real. And you, and you knew that education was the path. So talk to us about the importance of investing in ourselves because a lot of people would say $30,000, no way. But what's the benefit of, of investing in yourself in that way? Yes, girl. At that time, I didn't have $30,000 to spend. I was only making $60,000 as assistant principal. So this $30,000 per class to learn how to invest was half my salary. But what's so important is some people are like, $30,000, Terry, what are you talking about? But just think about it. I invested $30,000 back then. And yeah, I put it on a credit card because I didn't have that kind of money. But I said, I'm going to learn this skill and I'm going to pay myself back. But now I just made a million dollars in a day. So that $30,000 investment has led to me having the skill set to make a million dollars in a day. And not only can I make that one time, I still have the skill set. So I can do that over and over and over again. And it might not be a million dollars in a day. For some of the people on here, they're like, oh my God, this doesn't even sound real. But just imagine if you made $200 a day, that's $1,000 a week, $4,000 a month. And then you times that by the year. Now this $200 a day is now $48,000 extra a year because you have this skill set. And it keeps on giving back. 
So I think that was the best $30,000 that I ever could have spent. And of course, now I'm teaching the course and I want it a little bit more accessible. So I'm not charging that much for it. But I think that even it's worth more. It's worth more than the 30000 I spent because you can always keep using it and keep getting that return. Yeah, I feel like people don't realize that the ROI of learning a new skill literally lasts forever and you can keep using it, building on it. And I think sometimes you don't need to pay for a course. You could just intern for free somewhere. And it's very similar to taking a course. You get that information and you put your time investment. So if you don't have the money, you could put in the time too, which people don't really think about. It's about learning that skill set. Like once you've learned the knowledge, nobody can take that away from you. Like it's not going anywhere. It's locked in your mind and you can use that in so many assets. Like even now when we talk about the skill building or, or what did you call it? Skill skill stacking. Skill stacking. Those skills didn't go anywhere. From educating and from education world, I learned how to teach. Then from I worked in operations, I learned how to, to make things work well and th- make things seamless and low, like very efficient, low effort, low energy, right? Now I'm in this course where I'm teaching people how to trade. And guess what I'm using? My education and my operations, right? So those skills last forever. Yeah, 100%. So I know we are have limited time and I really want to pick your brain on stocks, trading, all that, really just get all this amazing information out of your brain and into my listeners' hands. So let's first start off with the basics. A lot of people think about stocks and I have a lot of folks coming on the show and they talk about long-term investments with stocks. And they always say, you don't want to trade. You're never going to win. You just want to play it safe. Put your money in S&P index funds or buy and hold. But trading is totally different. So explain to us what the difference is between trading and long-term stock investing. And then what you think the benefits are of trading as opposed to buying and holding. Sure. So let me use the analogy of real estate because many people understand real estate more than stocks. So it'd really be the difference between someone who buys a house and keeps it long-term versus a flipper. So you get the house, you fix it up, and then you sell it real quick to make a return. Or the person with a longer-term house, they may have renters and just wait for the value to appreciate. But both of them are still investors, and neither one of them is wrong. They're just doing it for different goals. That's the same thing with short-term investing versus long-term investing. Honestly, as an investor, I'm still investing in high quality, really great companies, the same ones that a long-term investor would invest in. I'm just getting in and out of them because I have a goal, whether that's I paid off my, my student loan debt with trading. I had a goal. I need to make a certain amount of money each week so that I can put it towards my debt. Or I bought a house with trading. Hey, I have a goal, right? And even for when I was first leaving the school, I needed $300 in a day. So that was my goal. Anytime you have a shorter term goal, you can use trading for that. And it's not, like we said, it's not bad or any worse than long-term investing. It's just different. Mm, Okay. And then what's the difference between a regular trader and a swing trader? Great. So there's different timeframes of how long you hold a stock. If you hold it for one day, so say, for example, I get into Amazon today and I sell it today, that's a day trade. Some people are day traders and that's all they do. Then if I get into Amazon today, but I hold it even just overnight one day, that's a swing trade. You can swing trade or hold a stock up to a year and still be considered a swing trader. So if I get out of it in two weeks, two months, three months, I'm a swing trader. Oftentimes, swing traders do super well because you can still take advantage of the quicker movement for your goals, but you hold on to it a little longer so you can actually make some good returns. Okay. And would you recommend a beginner start off day trading or swing trading or long-term investing? (laughs) Honestly, you can do all three. I don't think you have to choose. That'd be like going into a candy store and being like, the only thing you can eat are Butterfingers. Girl, eat whatever you want to eat. Um, (laughs) But I'm a technical analysis trader and I look at charts. And that's what I use to dictate how long I keep a trade. If I get into a trade at a certain point on the chart and it says wait until this target, if it takes a day to get there, then I keep it a day. If it takes two weeks to get to my target, I keep it two weeks. So it's not like an arbitrary time that I'm picking. I'm actually more so going by the data of a stock chart that tells you the pricing. And now a quick break from our sponsors. 
Young and profiters, they may call me the podcast princess, but I'm also the LinkedIn queen. I've been a LinkedIn influencer for six years now, and I teach one of the most popular courses about LinkedIn. And I love to teach sales on LinkedIn because when it comes to B2B sales, LinkedIn has got that on lock. LinkedIn is where all the decision makers are hanging out. There are 180 million senior level decision makers on LinkedIn and 10 million C-suite decision makers. These people are on LinkedIn and they're in the mode to buy. They're using LinkedIn for their buying journey to research vendors or sales reps that they might work with, to look up how to solve their problems, to learn from industry thought leaders. They are in the mode to buy, whereas on other platforms, they're in the mode to be entertained. You want to get them in the right mindset. You want to cut through the noise with LinkedIn ads. In fact, 79% of B2B marketers rate LinkedIn as their top channel for paid media. And LinkedIn has the best targeting because they've got all these different inputs. People are putting their resume basically up on there. And so there's so many keywords that they can use to target the right decision makers so they can hear about how you solve their problems. And I've got a special gift for all you young and profiters who wanna try LinkedIn ads. You can get $100 credit. LinkedIn was super generous. If you wanna make B2B marketing everything it can be and get $100 credit on your next campaign, go to linkedin.com slash yap, Y-A-P. Again, if you want to claim your credit, go to linkedin.com slash yap. Terms and conditions apply. This episode of Yap is brought to you by Indeed. Working on your own self-improvement? Now that can be tough. Putting in the work to hire the next great candidate for your business? Now that's easier than you think, especially with Indeed. Indeed is a hiring partner that gets you what you really want a short list of quality candidates as fast as possible because you can do it all. Attract, interview, and hire all at Indeed. Indeed is the number one place I used to go to back when I worked in corporate and I wanted to switch companies. They have the best star talent waiting to be found. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process so you can find talent with the skills you need through tools like instant match assessments and virtual interviews. Now let's stick on assessment tests because they're really impactful in my opinion. They help you weed through all the candidates and save your precious time. Indeed makes it easier for star applicants to shine with over 135 assessment tests from cooking to coding. You get to pick the skills that are important to you from over 135 assessment tests and then get a clear view of your top talent's abilities faster. It also makes the interview process smoother for everyone. You only interview people who you know are qualified and talent doesn't need to prove themselves over again and you can dive deeper into talking about what's really important to you during the interview. With Indeed assessments, you can reduce hiring time by 12% according to Indeed data worldwide. Finding great talent and saving your precious time sounds like a clear win to me. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job posts at indeed.com slash profiting. That's a $75 credit at indeed.com slash profiting. Indeed.com slash profiting. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So I know that your big thing and what you're known for is people trading stocks as a side hustle, basically, or to help them get out of their, like eventually make it a main hustle. But a lot of people start as a side hustle. So let's talk about the time commitment. How long does it take to learn how to trade? And then how long do you have to do work every day to like, let's say make $300 a day? Great question. So it doesn't take long to learn. I have a course called Trade and Travel, and it's eight-week program. So it takes you eight weeks to learn, and then you can start start trading, right? And we actually start trading in like the second week. So you're trading right away and practicing and becoming better. But I do say it takes about a year to become consistent. I don't want anyone to think this is a get-rich-quick type of thing. No, this is the same thing as if you were going to any school and learning a new skill. If you're learning a new language, if you're trying to become a doctor, like anything where it takes a skill set, you got to learn for a while and practice. That's the same with trading. Eight weeks to learn, but then give yourself about a year to become consistent. And then when we think about like how much time each day, 
I think my students would do well if they did maybe like an hour per day of studying, at least at nighttime. What I would do is when I got into the bed each night, I would pull up my watch list of companies that I'm, I'm checking out and I would look at their charts at night. And then I would see if there was anything that I would want to do the next day. And then when I was assistant principal, I would check in the morning time. I'd make a meeting with myself. Don't tell nobody. I made a meeting with myself. And then at lunchtime, I would check my cell phone. And then right before the market closed, around the time that the kids were getting picked up, I would check one more time. So it doesn't take a lot of time to like actually check and monitor the trades. It's just give yourself some time to do homework at night. That's super interesting because a lot of people, I think, might get intimidated by this. But when you break it down that way, it doesn't seem so difficult. I'm actually really, I want to take your course. I'm like super hyped you about should. it. I, Come on. I used to do long term investing, I pulled all my money out when COVID happened in March and I was doing really good, but I was more of like a buy and hold or maybe like, I guess I was a swing trader. I would just change things around every few months. Um, so maybe that's technically a swing trader, but really interested in your course. So tell us about your course. Where can people find it? Sure. And and Hala, I just want to make a point of that. Oftentimes people do say that you should be a buy and hold investor, but then you have things like March of 2020 when COVID happened and the whole market falls. And a lot of long-term investors saw their accounts go down like 65%. And yes, they can say, well, if you just held on to it, it came back up to where it was. But as an active investor, we are a little bit more flexible. So we can actually take our money out, get back in when it's at the lows, and then ride that higher and make some additional gains. We wouldn't just have to wait until our money came back, right? So I think that like you're a great example of someone who, you know, you were in it for the long haul and then you saw something happen to your account in March. So I think that's a great example. And then you asked me about the course, right? Yes. Tell us about <laughs> where people topic. can find the course because I feel like it's super valuable. And if there's any like discount my listeners can have, let us know. Ooh, yes. So find the course at tradeandtravel.com. And I actually say that's a free webinar. I'm going to give your listeners a free webinar to first learn how I teach people to make $1,000 in a day. Because there's like four set things that you have to be good at. Like one, you have to be good at picking the right companies because that's a downfall. Girl, when I first started, I picked all the wrong companies and you can't be good if you're picking the wrong company. So we start there. Then we go into risk management. I know one of the biggest fears that people have is losing their money. So I actually teach you how to protect yourself from losing. So we talk about things like there's an order type called a stop loss. How do you put that in? It like takes you out of the trade if your money starts going down. Or what about checking your reward to risk ratio in advance. We talk about that in, in risk management. Then we go into charting, which I told you before, is like, how do you find the right price to get in and the right price to get out? Because there's been several great companies where it just wasn't the right time. Even Apple. Apple's a great company, but there's been times where it put, like it fell right after you got into it. So you can figure that out by reading charts. And then we go into a trading plan to take all the emotions away, like so that you're not staring at your phone all day or nervous. Like if you have a, a checklist, which I give all my students, it's a trading plan, then you can take their nerves away. So I have a free webinar talking about all those things at tradeandtravel.com. Amazing. Thank yes. you for sharing that with us. Well, we still have you for about 20 minutes. So I am definitely going to ask you about a lot of those things that you just mentioned. Let's start about how we can get started. So first thing we got to do is open up a brokerage account. Is there a platform that you recommend in particular? Yes, I, there's one that I use and a lot of my students use. It's called TradeStation. But I actually am going to recommend a couple new things to your audience because I think like you guys deserve the best. So there's a platform called TradingView. It's free and you can also do it, use it as a simulator. So you can do practice trades on it and it's called tradingview.com. So check that out and then you can connect it to your brokerage. So even if you're using a different broker, you can practice in TradingView and then press go and it'll execute in your brokerage account. So I really like that tool. There's another tool I like that's a simulator as well. It's called Rapunzel, R-A-P-U-N-Z-L. They don't spell it all the way right. So that's why I spelled it out. But they let you practice with $10,000 of fake money, but you can actually practice trading in there as well. Um, so I think actually 
referring you to brokers is great, but I also think you letting you know about simulators where you can trade with fake money is even more important because I want you guys to practice before you just jump in and start trading. I think that's amazing advice. I didn't even know that they had simulators. That's really cool. So something else that you taught me is about margin accounts. I was listening to you and I heard that you recommend opening a margin account. So can you explain what that is? Yes. So this is risky. I'm putting that out there from the jump. Yep. This is a little risky. However, it is so essential. This is one of those things where nobody tells you it's even a possibility until like you find out like in the whispers in the hallway. Right. But this is so important. So what it is, is certain brokers will let you trade with two to four times your cash amount. I know I'm going to repeat that. Certain brokers will let you trade with two to four times your cash amount. That means if you have an account with Merrill Lynch, that's that's connected to Bank of America, they let you trade with two times your cash amount. If you have $2,000, they let you trade with $4,000. What? Uh, or with TradeStation, the one I was telling you guys about before, they do four times your cash amount. So if you have $2,000 in your account, you can actually trade with $8,000. Now, why is this important? It's important for a few reasons. And I know somebody is just cringing that I even mentioned it. Terry, why did you say a margin account? That is so risky. Yes, but that's why we do a whole class on risk management. That's why we teach you on the front end how to protect yourself. However, it allows you to do bigger trades, which makes you able to also trade with higher value stocks. So for example, say I I only have $2,000 in my account, but I really want to buy one share of Amazon. Well, one share of Amazon is $3,500. I can't afford that. But Amazon moves like $100 a day. Well, what if that was my goal for the week? All I need is $100 a week. All I needed to trade was one share. That margin account would allow you to trade a higher value stock. Another reason that margin accounts are good. Margin accounts let you trade quicker. So in a regular brokerage account without margin, you have to wait for three days, three business days for your money to come back. So say I sell, I'm still talking about Amazon, so we'll keep going with that analogy. Say I sell my Amazon stock. It would take three business days for that money to get back into my account and then me to be able to trade again. If you have a margin account, you actually can start trading with that money the next day because they use that margin to refill your account. Right. And then the last thing that I love about margin accounts is you can make money on the way down. So many people think the only way you can make money is by waiting for the market to go up. I buy low and I sell high. But there's something called short selling where you can make money as the market falls. I see you nodding like you you know this. So like you can actually make a lot of money when the market falls, but you can only do that in a margin account. So you just it's a it's an easy check mark on your application. Select that you want this type of account. And it's like a line of credit. You don't have to use the extra money, but it's just there if you need it. But those are some bonuses of a margin account. That's really great. So what's the risk involved? Is it that if you lose money, you have to pay that money back? It is. So if you lose that money, then you have to put more money into the account to replace it. And another thing, too, is there is a small interest that you'll pay on it. So if you have you ever had a, a, a line of credit on a house, like a home equity line of credit or heard of that? Not on a house, but I've heard of it. Okay. So on a, on a house, if you do a home equity line of credit, they just kind of use the equity to give you an account of money. And if you use that, you pay like a small interest. That's the same with this kind of account for trading. If you use the money, you pay like Depending on the broker, it's very different, but it's usually like $3 for every $10,000 that you use. It's usually really small, but they'll just charge you interest for using that money until you sell your stock. Yeah. So basically, if you feel have a really good feeling, you did your homework, you feel like this is a very safe investment, you just wish you had a little bit more money to get more stocks or whatever, this is a good option for you. So I love that. Another like whisper that I heard you mention on another podcast that I was like, wow, I've never heard of that is opening up your account as a joint bank account. Yes. Talk to us about that. Why is that important? 
So many people ask me about taxes. And if you're a trader, an active trader, you actually shouldn't worry so much about taxes because you literally are going to be charged like regular income. Any money that you get, it'll be the same as if you had like an Uber job or some side hustle job. You just report the income at the end of the year and you pay the gross tax bracket of whatever your full amount of money is for the year. This is actually perfect for when you lose your job, your regular income is low. And then you make a little money from trading, but you're still only taxed at the tax bracket, your normal tax bracket, right? Um, So some people are really scared, but they shouldn't be. In that same vein, if you do a joint account, then someone else can access the money in your account without paying taxes. So for example, I did a joint account with me and my mom. If I had a different type of account and say something happened to me and the money was transferred to her, she'd have to pay taxes on it. But since her name is already on the account, if something happens to me, she just has access to the money. So that is something else I I encourage for people that do have family members that they want to have access to the money. Really interesting. Awesome advice. Okay, so next step, we need to choose a stock or an ETF, correct? Is there anything else that we could choose? So you open your brokerage account, you choose, there's several asset classes, but the ones that I teach are stocks and options. So stocks are a regular company, Options are 100 shares of that stock. And it's like a little bit, uh, it's a contract that says, I agree to buy 100 shares or sell 100 shares at this date in the future. So those are the two that I teach. ETFs, which you mentioned, are just exchange-traded funds, but they have several stocks in them that you can trade at one time. I like them because, one, you could pick like a sector. Say that you wanted to follow all of healthcare. There's one uh, ETF that I like called XLV. Now you're trading all of healthcare instead of like picking, I want to be in this vaccine stock and this Johnson & Johnson and this such and such and And disclaimer, I'm just educational purposes only. I'm not telling anybody to invest anything now. But you can actually invest in a sector instead of just one company. That also goes for like technology. Say you like all the technology, you can pick like XLK. That does all technology stocks. But ETFs are are safe ways to invest in a group of companies instead of just one. Okay, so let me just like replay this. So stock is like one company. Options is 100 shares of one company and you have a contract, you have to sell it at a certain time. Is that correct? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then ETFs is a bunch of companies and it's one share of a bunch of companies. Yes, you're going to be my number one student. I (laughs) already see it. Like, go girl, yes. (laughs) That's so cool. I feel like it's so much simpler. Like when you're such a good teacher because I feel like usually you hear that and you get all like nervous. So where do you find funds? Like how do you know what funds exist? Like what's a good resource to figure that out? Because I feel like that's not obvious. Yeah, I've been trading now for 11 years and I have about 30 companies on my watch list, which I've still been trading for most of the time that I've been trading. So um, when you join the course, I actually will give you that list of stocks and they work really well. (laughs) So I'll just say that. And then uh, for the ETF, there is a website that's called ETF.com, ETF.com. Check that out and you can kind of Google in there a sector. So say healthcare, and it'll tell you all the ETFs that fall in that sector. So that's another way to check things out. But Honestly, I'd go with the tried and true way in the course, join, trade and travel, and I'll give you all the stuff that works. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so let's get into how to pick a stock, a single stock. So I had this guy, Robert uh, Leonard, on the show. He hosts Millennial Investing, and he talked about qualitative versus quantitative factors. And he believes that qualitative factors are more important. So he likes to look at things like, you know, how long have they been in business? Are they trending? Like, what you know, what's their future like? Are they innovating? What's in the, you know, 10K that's not so obvious? And he's like kind of looking through for qualitative information as opposed to just looking at the financials. So what's your perspective on that? How do you pick a stock? It sounds like he might be a fundamental investor. So there's fundamental investors that look at, just like you said, they're looking at the 
the earnings reports. They're looking at the forecast and really diving into the research of the company. And then there's people like me that are technical analysis traders. So we're looking at the stock chart. We're looking at price movement. And we're usually not in a company for the long haul. So we're not as interested in its 10-year outlook. We really are looking at where is it going to move in the next month to week, (laughs) right? Um, So for me, technical analysis is more my thing. I look at candlestick charts, but I will say when I'm looking at a company, I want it to be a company on an uptrend. And I usually look over the last year. So I'm not looking at companies that have been going down over a long period of time. I'm still looking at high value companies. So I don't like penny stocks. Anything less than $10 is usually not my thing. Actually, never my thing. And I'm still looking at companies that move at least a dollar a day. Because I'm trying to reach for a goal, I need the stock to move. So there's some like blue collar, blue chip companies that really only move a couple cents a day. That wouldn't be one that I would trade because I want, you know, to actually make money each, each day or week. Young and profiters, we are all making money. But is your money hustling for you? Meaning, are you investing? Putting your savings in the bank is just doing you a total disservice. You got to beat inflation. I've been investing heavily for years. I've got an E-Trade account. I've got a Robinhood account. And it used to be such a pain to manage all of my accounts. I'd hop from platform to platform. I'd always forget my Fidelity password. And then I have to reset my password. I knew that needed to change because I need to keep track of all my stuff. Everything got better once I started using Yahoo Finance, the sponsor of today's episode. You can securely link up all of your investment accounts in Yahoo Finance for one unified view of your wealth. They've got stock analyst ratings. They have independent research. I can customize charts and choose what metrics I want to display for all my stocks so I can make the best decisions. I can even dig into financial statements and balance sheets of the companies that I'm curious about. Whether you're a seasoned investor or looking for that extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. Hey, fam! starting my LinkedIn Secrets Masterclass was one of the best things I've ever done for my business. I didn't have to waste time figuring out all the nuts and bolts of setting up a website that had everything I needed, like a way to buy my course subscription offerings, chat functionality, and so on, because it was super easy with Shopify. (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your first product, finally taking your side hustle full-time, or making half a million dollars from your masterclass like me. And it doesn't matter if you're selling digital products or vegan cosmetics. Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Shopify's got you covered as you scale. Stop those online window shoppers in their tracks and turn them into loyal customers with the internet's best converting checkout. I'm talking 36% better on average compared to other options out there. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US, from huge shoe brands like Allbirds to vegan cosmetic brands like Thrive Cosmetics. Actually, back on episode 253, I interviewed the CEO and founder of Thrive Cosmetics, Carissa Bodnar, and she told me about how she set up her store with Shopify and it was so plug and play, her store exploded right away. Even for a makeup artist type girl with no coding skills, it was easy for her to open up a shop and start her dream job as an entrepreneur. That was nearly a decade ago. And now it's even easier to sell more with less thanks to AI tools like Shopify Magic. And you never have to worry about figuring it out on your own. Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. So you can focus on the important stuff, the stuff you like to do. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com profiting. And that's all lowercase. If you want to start that side hustle you've always dreamed of, if you want to start that business you can't stop thinking about, if you have a great idea, what are you waiting for? Start your store on Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash profiting now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Again, that's shopify.com slash profiting. Shopify.com slash profiting for $1 per month trial period. 
Again, that's shopify.com slash profiting. That's really interesting. So you mentioned something called a candlestick chart. Could you explain to us what that is and, and how we can read candlestick charts and, and what the premise of that is? Sure. And definitely check out Trade and Travel on YouTube, too, because we have like a video all about candlestick charts. But it literally tells you, like each candlestick tells you where the stock price opened, where it closed, and then where the stock price moved throughout the day. And we, it looks like a little candle, like a little rectangle with lines coming out. But the thing is, when you put those candlesticks together, it tells you the story of that stock. So it tells you where there's a lot of people buying and where there's a lot of people selling. And when I say people, these are big banks like Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs, big banks with like millions of orders at a time. But when you look at the direction of those, you can see like, dang, all of a sudden this stock just stopped right here. Like the the candles kind of do a little formation. And then you know, oh, there must be a lot of orders to buy at this stock price. And you can do the same even on the, as they go up, you're like, whoa, this, all of a sudden the candles just stopped and changed direction right here. There must be a lot of orders to sell. That's what we're following to dictate when we want to get in and buy and sell. Awesome. So what are the ways that we would like hedge our risk when it comes to day trading? What are the mechanisms to make sure that, you know, things don't go really south? Yes. Let me tell. Okay, first, I'm gonna just tell you about the worst trade I ever had ever. Um, (laughs) It was Pandora stock. One, I chose the wrong company from the jump. I like to choose companies that are also the best in their sector. And I thought, oh, everybody's listening to the radio on Pandora. I did not think about Spotify, YouTube music, Apple music, so many other competitors that were better. So one, I picked the wrong company from the jump. Second, and and all these things I'm telling you are also things that I teach to mitigate your risk. One, picking the right companies. Then I was so bold and so like greedy that I bought 8,000 shares. Girl, 8,000 shares. If it went down a dollar, I was down $8,000, right? So also monitoring your quantity size is a way to protect your risk. And I actually have formulas to help you pick all of these things. Like how do you pick how many shares, right? Another thing I did wrong was that I was trading during earnings. Earnings is when a company reports how they're doing, but it's so risky because the company may say they did wonderful and the stock price drop, or they may say that they did horrible and it just all of a sudden jumps up. It's like playing Russian roulette, right? Don't trade, like timing is also important. Not trading during earnings, looking at their calendar, right? Then reward to risk ratio. Oftentimes we start hearing about a stock and we're like, oh my God, everybody's in it. I'm late to the game. So many people are making money. And by the time we get into it, the stock is at highs. So as soon as we get in, it starts falling. I call that FOMO, fear of missing out. That's a big mistake in trading. And then the final one, after you think about your reward to risk ratio, the final one is just knowing when to exit a stock. Oftentimes we get in, but we have no exit strategy. And actually there's one other one. Part of this exit strategy is using a stop loss. A stop loss is you thinking about if this trade goes wrong, where am I going to get out of this trade? And you can put an order type in that sits in the computer and it takes you out. But also in this same exit strategy planning, you need to have a target in mind. A lot of people will get into a trade and they'll say, you know what? I'm just going to let it run. No, girl, you are not just going to let it run. I need you to get out or, or, or guy. I need you to have a target in mind before you even get into the stock so that when it hits that, you know you can get out and take your profit. So those are some of the, the mistakes and the solutions for some of those mistakes that I often see to protect yourself as a trader. Oh my gosh, that was so good. So talk to us about like the emotion involved because what you just mentioned was really an emotional thing. The fact if if you see it going up, you're like, well, I don't want to take it out. I just want to let it ride. I like you get greedy, right? So what are the emotions that we need to watch out for when it comes to this stuff? Trading is so emotional. I'm so glad that you brought that up because even on that one trade, the one I told you was my most horrible trade ever, girl, I was boohoo crying. I almost quit trading altogether. That day I called my mom and I was like, I'm quitting. I don't know what to do. And 
And she and she she was so calm, which she is not a calm person. You're gonna meet her. And she's usually like the super bubbly. But she told me in that moment, she said, Well, Terry, how are you gonna get your money back if you don't keep going? And so all of a sudden I'm still crying. I can like barely see through the tears, but I'm like, okay, fine, let me try to figure it out. But it is emotional. Um, some of the emotions, like you're going to get greedy sometimes. When you see it go green, you're going to want just one more dollar. And I, and girl, there have been some million dollar days where I did not take my profit because I just wanted a couple more cents. And I risked my whole million dollar gain for just a couple more cents, right? And it, that's stupid. It sounds so simple, but in your mind when you're in it, you're like, oh, it's going to go up just, you have hopium. It's going to go up just a little bit more. And then when it falls, there's also this despair. And I think sometimes people start questioning themselves as a person. And and I don't want to scare anybody from trading. Like a trading plan will help you with this. When you have a set of like, this is what I do every time, then it takes some of the emotion out. But we're just, we're talking real talk right now. When your trade is going down, you feel a little hopeless sometimes. And then another thing is sometimes I caught myself doing this. I would question myself like, man, Terry, that was so stupid. You know better than that. Dang, you do this every time. But I think that's a discipline that learning how to become a better trader has also learned, taught me how to become a better person. Because anytime you have a struggle or a a hard time in life, like you have to learn how to not directly push it back to yourself and fe- and feel like, well, I'm just bad. No, the situation is bad. This is a hard time right now. This happened to me, but it doesn't mean that I'm a bad person. So these are all things that you learn as you become a better trader. The other thing I imagine is you probably have like a set of rules or values that no matter what the environment is, you've got to stick to your values. And I feel like that also can help in real life too. The Like just learning that skill and not just being reactive to everything. It does. It definitely does. Okay. So last uh, stock related question, and then we'll, we'll start to close this out. Uh, what is a risk to reward ratio? How does that work? I'd love to learn more about that. Yes. So as I'm looking at the stock chart and I'm determining, okay, this is the price where I want to get in. I can also look at that same chart and say, okay, this is where I want to get out. As I'm looking at that, that's my risk from where I get into the trade to where I'm planning to like get out on the bottom side. Like if it goes wrong, that's the amount of risk that I'm taking. Now I have to determine, is this trade going to give me three times the risk that I'm taking on for this trade? And you can actually figure that out as well by looking at a stock chart. That's why I I say I'm a technical analysis trader. I'm very heavy on looking at stock charts. If I can calculate that the reward is three times the amount of risk that I found on the chart, then I'll take the trade. But if the reward is not three times the risk, then that trade's not worth it. I'll go on to another stock or I'll just wait. And sometimes traders have to learn how to do that too. Just be patient and wait for the right opportunity. Amazing. Terry, this has been such an incredible interview. The last question I ask all my guests is, what is your secret to profiting in life? I'm a very spiritual person. So I do say that like believing in a higher power, believing in God and believing that like there is a reason why I'm helping all these people because the world will be a better place. I think that's that's been really a big blessing for me. And then just persistence. Keep going even when it gets tough. Just keep going. Oh, I love that. That's beautiful. Where can our listeners go to learn more about you and everything that you do? Definitely check out that free webinar at tradeandtravel.com, tradeandtravel.com. And you can find us everywhere at Trade and Travel YouTube, Instagram, everywhere. Cool. We're going to stick those links in the show notes. Terry, such a great interview. So jam-packed with information. I think my listeners are going to love it. I can't wait to collaborate again. I can't wait to meet you in person tonight. And thank you so much. (laughs) Same here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Young and Profiting Podcast and my conversation with Terry Ijoma. Terry decided to take a huge leap of faith and invested half of her salary into a class that would teach her about stocks and day trading. This big risk paid off tenfold, and she's now a professional day trader who has her own insanely popular course on Teachable that teaches everything people need to know about trading. 
There's so much information available to us about day trading and stocks that it can be pretty overwhelming to get started. But Terry gave us her tried and true advice on how to begin and stresses the importance of investing in ourselves to be able to level up our lives as well as our financial futures. Terry covered the basics of getting started, and I'm going to go over a few key points she made to let them really sink in. First things first, you've got to open up a brokerage account. Terry told us some great suggestions for accounts and also for trading simulator websites that can help us practice before we actually work with any real money or stocks. All the sites that Terry recommended will be linked in our show notes. Now let's move over to some definitions. Day trading is the act of buying and selling a stock account on the same day to turn a profit. The key is you've got to do this on the same day. Now swing trading is buying a stock and holding it, even if it's just over 24 hours or longer, and then selling it. There's no right or wrong answer on whether to day trade or swing trade or even long-term invest when you first start trading. Just pick whatever works for you and your goals best. The next step would be to choose a stock or an ETF. While a stock is a regular share in a company, an exchange-traded fund is several stocks rolled into one that you can trade all at the same time. Again, there's no right or wrong in which option you choose. Whatever is the most aligned with your goals is the one you should go for. And finally, don't forget about the emotional side to trading. There's going to be good days and bad days. The market is always fluctuating, but dealing with these emotions as they come and knowing that your trades and your investments don't define you is going to carry you through the ups and the downs. There's so much knowledge that Terry shared, and I definitely recommend everyone checking out her free webinar, as well as her paid course at Trade and Travel. After all, she's the number one course on Teachable for a reason. If you want to hear more about investing and turning investments into financial freedom, go check out episode number 84, The Path to Financial Freedom with Peter Malouk. Here's a clip from that episode. So tell us, why is it so important to know exactly what we want before we actually start investing and start putting our money in stocks and things like that? A lot of us just think, well, when, when we, we want to make a lot of money. That's what a lot of us think we want. And so we then go to somebody or we do it on our own and say, I'm going to buy things that make a lot of money. But really, we want to make a lot of money. Why? You know, to do what? Is it to have 120000 a year when you're 63? Is it to have the money to pay for someone's college, whether it's public school or private school for four years? Are we going to cover room and board or not? Is it because we want to give 10% of our money every year to charity or something different? If we have those pieces in place, which should come first, if we know what the goal is first, it becomes very easy to reverse engineer our way to how do we how do we put the pieces in place to make those things happen? And sometimes those are aggressive investments. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes to increase the chance of hitting a goal, you get more conservative. So let's say you have somebody that's super lucky and they've got a million dollars and they need 50000 a year for the rest of their life and they're retiring today. Well, if they're super aggressive, they could actually screw up something that would work out just fine if they were moderately invested. So we really have to know what the objective is because the objective is not always to create the biggest pile of money next year possible. It's usually to produce something you personally want and then you back into the investments that make sense to get there. Thanks for listening to Young and Profiting Podcast. Make sure you connect with me on social media. You can find me at Instagram at Yap with Hala or LinkedIn. Just search for my name. It's Hala Taha. Big thanks to the Yap team as always. This is your host, Hala Taha, signing off.